Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring then all that science. What, what are we even talking? We're talking about Blue Oyster Cold here, so I'm getting I'm getting a little mixed up here on what. Like no, they only have two songs. I know you said there was a third, the Godzilla song, but I'm pretty sure that's by somebody else. No, (laughs) Uh, it's uh, science fiction, fantasy, one movie at a time. Wow, Uh, guys. And my name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name, reluctantly, is Aaron. (laughs) Your name is Mud. Oh. movie this week is Mute from 2018, directed by Duncan Jones and written by Michael Robert Johnson and Duncan Jones, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Paul Rudd, Justin Theroux. Let's see, who else do we got here? IMDb has it in a weird order, probably by appearance or something. Uh, Sainab Sela, Robert Sheehan. And uh, there's a couple of cameo-type people that uh, I'm not sure people know their names, necessarily. Maybe maybe Dominic Monahan. Mm. Oh, yeah, Dominic. As soon as I saw that guy, I was like, is that guy a hobbit or am I crazy? And the answer is both. I mean, I don't want to get into it too far, but it's pretty amazing how you can immediately see he was a hobbit. And he's, he's got that face, you know? No, fair enough. He does have a hobbit-like face. It's true. What are we, what are we, is he married or Pippin? I believe... What do we got here, Sarah? That's the man who sings that song, and that's a still from the video. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, looks like a very good video. Mm. Um, His name's Dan Hill. Oh. <laughs> I don't know much about it. Well, nobody on the recording is going to know what we're talking about, because I'm not putting that stuff in okay oh i'm just kidding it'll be on the end of the episode oh stay tuned listener so mute yeah sarah you picked mute yeah i did and i gotta say i'm really glad you did yeah same here me too I didn't even know it was something I wanted to see i had a couple of ideas but i wanted to go through sci-fi movies on Netflix and just see which might appeal to me and I saw what this was and I was like wait a minute this is the Duncan Jones movie and we have not done Moon yet on the episode one of my very best friends who lives in the UK would like to guest with us and do Moon at some point but Moon is a very big fave of mine and I wanted to see what this was. And it's completely different from Moon. But I'm glad I picked it too. I just kind of read the synopsis and I like Alexander Skarsgård. And I was like, let's try it out. I actually liked it a lot. There's obviously some things I did not like about it. but Ooh, tell me. We no, can get know. into we'll that. Get into it later. 
This is a new movie. It came out last year or something, and we're going to spoil it. So we're going to say some things first off, and then... But we watched Mute with Alexander Skarsgård and Paul Rudd and Justin Thoreau. And we all liked it. Yes. I think so, yeah. And it it's... uh If you watch it a second time, you notice things you didn't notice the first time. Yeah. It rewards a second viewing for sure. Uh, this this movie got slammed by critics. Like, is I think it's got like a thirty two percent Rotten Tomatoes type score, and I I don't know what people were expecting. I I guess like th- this came out after Warcraft, which I know it was a big bomb for Duncan Jones, but that wasn't like his original idea. I don't know if Source Code was. Did you did you, either of you see Source Code? No. Yeah, I heard good things about that one. I don't know. I feel with movies like Warcraft, I don't really know how much say he had Yeah, on a lot of that, it being controlled content to begin with, and uh, I feel this is an entirely different you know, creature. Right, this is more personal, like yeah. because this is a story he'd already come up with and you know just hadn't been able to produce back in the time. Netflix gave him the money to do it, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy with what came out. Like, I, I think it it goes along with moon and this is he says it's a spiritual sequel it like it it takes place in the same world to to spoil that as moon so you you're not getting you know uh it's not like moon 2 or anything like that it just takes place in a future that that kind of um dark uh like moon is like a comedy basically right it's, it's like a dark comedy yeah it's a dark comedy sci-fi for sure. Yeah, I love Moon as well, and this is a lot different from Moon, but this has like a, um, not to spoil Moon for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's a great movie, but there are sci-fi elements that happen in that future that are in line with some sci-fi elements that happen in this future, and they kind of coexist. If uh, listeners go back to some of our top sci-fi list episodes, I listed Moon as one of my favorites so i i really like this director a lot i'm real glad you picked this movie sarah oh so rad i'm glad too i didn't know i was gonna i didn't even really know i think maybe joel and i had talked about it at one point that he had another movie coming out and i didn't know that it was something alexander skarsgård was in and i did i forgot what it was called and they both start with the letter M and are four letters long. Mm. So if he did another one, we were saying there might be another movie in this trilogy that it starts with an M and is four letters long. Better hit that. Better hit those uh, the books. Let's figure out all the four letter words with the word M. Yeah. <laughs> the next movie is going to be called Muff. You can figure out what that's about. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, oh. See, I I was excited for this movie when it was coming out last year. And I was like, oh, we're definitely going to do this movie for the podcast when it gets uh, on Netflix and everything like that. And it just, like I said, it got slammed by the critics. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I don't, maybe we shouldn't watch this. And I just kind of let it lie. I think I mentioned it once to you guys and just never brought it up again after that. And um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if like... uh, how I would have felt if I had watched it then, I don't think I would have had a negative feeling about it. And if anything, probably having my expectations so low when we watched it 
now uh helped with it but like even on the second rewatching here that we were just doing you know we got about halfway through it a second time i'm still really enjoying it so it's it's not i don't know what to say it, it feels like on the same level as like uh the new blade runner except not quite as like sci-fi crazy as that yeah. one is it's it's more of a like a gradual progression of like where we might be with the uh, very very unsexy robots in it, <laughs> but uh, not that many of them. <laughs> I, I really like the uh, the comparison with Blade Runner though, because I definitely got so many vibes from this movie with that uh, that comparison for sure. Yeah, I think. Maybe people were disappointed because they wanted it to be like Moon, and Moon is so good and so simple that it's, like, kind of perfect. And this movie, it's on Earth, and it's not in a controlled environment. There's a lot of things going on, and they do build the world, but they build it, and there's some characteristics of it that some people might not have liked, and... That's okay. It's a sci-fi movie. Sometimes they do things in those that are different, you know, a different way than you might think the world would be or whatever. But yeah, I liked it. And I think there's definitely some really cringeworthy moments. But it kind of reminded me of, um, not to give anything really away yet, but it kind of reminded me of a Luc Besson type future. For sure. There's a Blade Runner vibe, but there's also this, like, kind of goofy, like, weirdos running around, too, type thing happening. And it also kind of reminded me of the Netflix series Maniac um, that recently I watched. There were even some, I think there were some casting overlaps, too, Justin Theroux. Um, That's when Netflix, man, you, you get... If you get on one net Netflix project, they're like, okay, we got these three, pick one, and then it like branches out in this tree. That's cool. That's yeah, I, that's great. That's cool. I think they have enough of a variety that I haven't been like, no, the actors are all good, and it hasn't seemed like I'm seeing too many of them over and over or something. Yeah, and you can. It feels like you can pick to do interesting projects. Like they'll they'll give you some things that are some straightforward you know like this is a romantic comedy but like out of every two movies there's going to be one that's like well this one's a little weird but you know mm-hmm. it's it's a different kind of thing and, and like uh i think it really works out uh before i think this part got cut off but uh you were talking about how alexander uh skarsgård in the movie i love his career I do too. Just in yeah. general, like he's <laughs> guy's always an amazing actor. Yeah, he's just yeah. always picks interesting things. Like he doesn't want to be stuck in one thing. It seems like he doesn't just want to be like the hunk, like leading guy. Well, too he, bad. He. Uh, well, I mean, his vampire role, of course. Yeah, but I think that he chooses things that are interesting on purpose. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think you know. He respects his father's work, Stellan Skarsgård, and I think Stellan Skarsgård is amazing. I love him, um, and I think that he probably told him, you know, that 
you can do these types of things or you can mix it up and do things that are more challenging and interesting. And he probably, I mean, they're two different people, but I think he definitely was influenced by his dad probably. Of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his dad, his dad never did anything, I would say, as far as I'm aware, that was like generic. The closest he gets to any generic thing is the Marvel movies that he's in. <laughs> and there, even then, I think he's having fun. I mean, he shows up naked in the second Thor movie. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. He has, a, he has a diverse career, too. And I think Alexander Skarsgård chooses things that are like difficult like he has to act without using certain things and in this case act without a voice yeah he completely he's i mean he's the mute in this movie and i mean i'm trying to think like is the the movie feels like it's not even really about him it feels like it is about the world and the environment that is happening all around these guys and like what what's happening to the people being chewed up by this this little ecosystem that they have that they're uh the characters are existing in and it, it does such a good job storytelling wise of like um telling you everything you need to know about the characters past and what's going on and some of it might feel I get like I guess if I was like hyper analyzing, I could be like, well, yeah, that's a little in your face. But there's there's so many movies that are just be like, well, you know, a bunch of people ran away from the U.S. Army and they're hiding from Germany. You know, somebody would actually say that. In this movie, it's like a clip on a newspaper that he's not even he's not even looking at that part. You know, that just happens to yeah. be on screen and other things like that. You know, mm-hmm. his up upbringing, like nobody. I think somebody does call him, uh, you know, an, an Amish person <laughs> at some point in the movie. But the the beginning I part, don't recall you just kind of, yeah. like, you can see how he ended up the way he is. Because uh, his character, Alexander Skarsgård's character, Leo, in this movie, is like a, people keep calling him a technophobe. I don't think that's the case. He just stays away from as much of it as he can, seems like, to function. So I get out of it, too. It made it seem like there was a subculture within this future. Not to give too much away before we say spoilers. But um, it seemed like in the movie there was a subculture of people who were trying to live more natural and less based in technology than everybody else was. Totally. And they men- they mentioned somewhere in it that it's against his mother's beliefs. For him to get a surgery that may possibly allow him to speak. Yeah. Yeah, they do say something about his religion. He's not completely cut off from the world. He's trying to exist within it. And um, that's kind of interesting, too. Yeah. To me as well. Yeah, he's a young 39-year-old. He's, (laughs) I don't know, It says like 30 years later later when it, because it starts off in the beginning, you see what happened to his vocal cords in in the first place. And then it like flash forwards and says 30 years later. So uh, I don't know how old Alexander Skarsgård actually is. So uh, hmm, what was I going with that? Whatever. Do you want to, do you want to say like anything before we get into spoilers? Uh, I, I think that, 
the only thing that I really want to say before we get into spoilers is that you need to give this movie a chance. Yeah. Who's been putting it off. I never heard any of those reviews about this movie. Similarly. But when I looked it up after I had seen it, I was like, wow. It was almost like somebody was mad at him and like told a bunch of people to say the worst things possible about it. Um, Could have made some enemies. You're right. Maybe, um... Being so talented. All those Warcraft <laughs> enemies. Yeah. No, serious. Maybe There's it... There's probably some Reddit page out there right now. They messed up my movie. Uh, <laughs> Warcraft's my favorite thing. Oh, man. This director's going down. Well, I think that I, when I read the reviews online, I was, like, shocked by how bad they were. And I don't know, like, like compared to what, um... They were comparing it to, but um, I don't know if it was hyped up. I don't know anything about that. I just know that based on knowing nothing going into it, I liked the movie. And we watch a lot of science fiction movies, and it was better than a lot of them. I think that we've seen not all of them, but better than a lot that no, we it's, have. It's seen. on the upper, the upper yeah. half of the stuff we watch. Right, like, solid seven out, yeah. out of ten, or if not. I mean, it was no Star Crystal, but <laughs> it was pretty good. Crystal of the stars. Mute. No, Mute, didn't no, Mute was amazing. Song, it was amazing. <laughs> it did, yeah, it didn't have sure. its own theme song. Uh, we'll get past that, though. Uh-huh. All right, so we're going to break into spoilers right now. So if you do not want to be spoiled on the movie, we all recommend it. We recommend it. Uh, if you want to recommend it, write any suggestions in, write in a please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PDS M I O S. Uh, all the rest of the credits I'll lay, I'll save for the end of the rest of the show, but the links to all my usual stuff are in the show notes. All right. Uh, for, so for breaking in for this, uh, for this, uh, how do you say spoiler? For breaking in, I don't know what's going on with my life. Anyways, uh, we we have a product. We're going to break in with a, another soda break special here. Uh, some soda nonsense. A podcast that uh, temporarily existed in between our episodes. That uh, you know, if you really want to listen to those, I I could send you the file. I don't I don't have it. It's not anywhere you can get. But uh, we have a special drink. Uh, Aaron, can you crack open that can and pour us? Oh, I'll be your Vanna White. Yeah. Do the honors. You'll, you'll be our Leo, the bartender. I'll be your Huckleberry. So, uh, Stranger Things season three is coming out this year, and uh, one of the things, one of the products that has come out along with that is uh, Coca-Cola decided to re-release new exclamation mark Coke, and so I bought us a couple of cans. And I have no idea what this is going to end up tasting like. I haven't even smelled it. I haven't read a review. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. So, I'm kind of excited. Oh yeah, in the cup. You guys know about New Coke? I know that it was a thing. That's about it. Yeah. It may have been a marketing ploy just to increase the sales of original Coke. Salut. I'm smelling it. it smells like regular Coke to me. <laughs> What does it taste like? A cola. I need to report. To me, it tastes like Coca-Cola. It doesn't taste like Coca-Cola to me. 
Really? Me neither. It tastes similar. Really? But I think what it tastes more it? like a different brand of cola. It almost tastes like Pepsi or RC to me. Just like a... Because Coke has that like... And you're right, it's not as sharp. It's not as sharp as Coke. Right at the end. It has that very strong, almost gingerish kind of uh, like thick. thick thing going on. Yeah. And this, uh, this yeah, feels yeah. lighter. It is lighter than Coca-Cola. Yeah, RC is what, I, what I'm tasting here. I think you're right. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I actually like, yeah. Cola nut flavor. Wow, I'm kind of surprised it tastes like this. I don't know, I kind of like it. I enjoy an RC. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, uh, after you mention that, that's pretty much what I'm experiencing at this point. The Royal Crown. In us all. I feel like I can go play with some He-Man action figures now. Yeah. After enjoying a new Coke. Now I know what new... my best 80s life possible. (laughs) <laughs> I know what new tastes like now. This is what new tastes like. Yeah, you guys are finally getting it for the first time. I feel so fresh, so new. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I could defeat anything in the upside down. I wonder what the world would be like if we had faced those kinds of things in the 80s. Monsters? And now the world was different. I don't even know. I, I just keep seeing people trying to use the upside down for their own benefits, like maybe dumping world trash into there. Or... That's what I. That's what I foresee. I think the upside a giant dumpster. Yeah, a trash. landfill. Yeah, upside down landfill. That was that was my first thoughts of us having access to another dimension where it's kind of sucks. I mean, the upside down is essentially Monsters Inc. land, right? Like, it, yeah, the energy source is our fear, so. We'll dump our trash in there. Yeah, and our fear. <laughs> it's a pretty good show. I, I actually really enjoy uh, mm-hmm. Stranger Things. I quite do a bit. too. Yeah. Just uh, tangent, but I of, do. A lot of flack on season two there from a lot of people, but what? I like season two. Yeah, I like season I two. Hear a lot. I talk to a lot of nerds, Joel. Yeah, I yeah. know you do. I talk to a lot of them. Yeah. And collectively, they all were kind of meh to it was all right no. about season two, but I, I loved it. I mean, I love uh, the world building. I loved, uh, and I cannot wait for season three. I, ever since you told me that Iron Man two is your favorite movie of all time, I just don't, I don't know if I could take your favorite movie <laughs> of, of all, all time. time. Hey, Let's dial that back a little. If my <laughs> gift is to back. understate things, your gift is to over exaggerate. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, of all three Iron Men movies, The Man of Iron. Iron Man 2 was my favorite of all three. Why? Sam Rockwell. That's why. I mean, who's the only good thing in that movie? That's the problem. And I... Spoiler. Yes? Sam Rockwell was in the movie we watched. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, that's, that's that's a good nod that happens in Mute that, like, it's funny. Like, if you hadn't seen Moon... It wouldn't mean anything. You wouldn't know, yeah. Except for it's kind of a weird, like, uh, what's going on? But there, I mean, there's like a news story going on in the background where we see Sam Rockwell in a courtroom and he's saying something and he says his name and a guy in the courtroom stands up, who's also Sam Rockwell, and stands up and stands up and is like, that's my name too. A spoiler alert yeah. for Moon. <laughs> and then we, isn't there like a newspaper clipping later or something like that when we see or? 
Oh, it's another it's another footage thing that oh, okay. they have in a an apartment later. You see it on a TV screen. Yeah, so it's it totally takes place in the moon. Mm-hmm. Mooniverse. Mooniverse. Yes. I think that's like an uncredited cami uncredited cameo that yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah. But um so good. To get into this movie, it was good. It was weird. There were some really creepy things. Yes, I'm not, and I'm not. I'm not trying to celebrate the creepiness mm-hmm. of this movie, but this movie was cool. It just yeah. occurred to me that we didn't even talk about Paul Rudd in the in the non spoiler section, mm. and I think that's like that's one of the images that comes up on Netflix is Paul Rudd and his his gigantic walrus stash going on there, and like mm. him him playing. I mean, he's he's a villain in this movie, but he's almost like as we're watching it, he's we become more uh, sympathetic to him, you know? Yeah, you feel like he's not a good guy in the beginning, but you don't really feel like he's the worst guy right, like, that you yeah. see. Because he's got his daughter, and he, he's very protective of her, uh-huh. uh, to a point at least. I mean, he... Yeah. Drops her off at, like, bordellos for her to hang out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> by prostitutes. Yeah. Well, you know, he... he uh, Paul Rudd's character just happens to have reliable ladies of the night to help him out. Ladies of the night. No, wait, don't. Yeah. I don't know so if that's a song, Joel. It is. Paul Rudd, <laughs> Paul Rudd's character in this was so crazy because it's like he always plays the nice guy in things, and he seems like he might be a nice guy in this, too. And there's all these things you don't know about going on. Um, right, he's got he's got his like usual kind of snarky thing going on, and, mm-hmm. and he's also uh, he he plays a, a bit tough sometimes, but he also has these like mood swings where uh, because he's mostly interacting with Justin Thoreau, we we usually see him getting the the ire that suddenly flared up, but it becomes like like he he goes from. Zero to ten, where it's like, yeah, like you said something I don't like, so I'm gonna almost break your fingers here. Yeah, that seems to be, but the and but that's the thing with this movie is because once you start, once you learn more about the character that he's always mad at all the time, it's it's almost just like, like yeah, I would be upset with him too. So right. it's like it's it, his behavior is almost normalized in that sense, in in a, in a way. And this movie just messes with your mind, messes with your mind. Now, you were saying Justin Thoreau in this movie is a creep. Like, he's a total... 100%. Creep. At first, at first we kind of like him, too, because, yeah. he, you know, he's just chumming along with You Paul don't Rudd. know. And then we have a scene at a bowling alley <laughs> where he almost immediately reveals by being <laughs> disgusting <laughs> that he is uh, probably a pedophile. Attracted to yeah. very young people. Yeah. Yeah, babe. <laughs> they say that back and forth through the whole movie. They're like, yeah, babe. Cactus Pete, he's babe. Paul Rudd and this guy, I thought were a couple at first because they say, yeah, babe, back and forth to each other. And it's just one of their little, like, um, They're just big terms Dennis of Miller. endearment. It's Dennis a little Miller thing. Friends. They're like, yeah, babe. I don't know, babe. Come on, babe. I don't know about that, babe. Like, <laughs> and so they're just like chums, and they just call each other babe all the time, and it's really funny. But um, 
I don't know if that was something they just did on their own or if it was like written in the script or what, but <laughs> but that part was a little bit there's some there's some quirky stuff in this movie, but um the Justin Thoreau character gets worse. I don't understand. I think we were talking about this how there's some part of you that still like kind of likes the guy even though like by the end of it you're like I don't like you. It's I mean you mean Justin Thoreau? Yeah. Because you like him because he likes Paul Rudd and, yeah. and Paul uh-huh. Rudd likes him. Like exactly. There are so many times they have where a friendship. Like, yeah, they're chumming together and they're just hanging out and, and doing things and then all of a sudden <laughs> I mean it's like any friendship. Like if you've got that one friend who's like like, yeah, man, we're having such a good time and all this stuff. And, he, and then he looks at you. He's like, yeah, but I really need to do some coke right now. Or, you know, I just. I just <laughs> like, oh, man, we were having fun. And now you're just bringing the drugs. Come on. It's like, Joel, please put the new coke down. You oh, I love it. it down. I love my new coke. <laughs> so initially, Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, the main character. Oh, yes. He is the main character, and mm-hmm. he is a mute man. Not a mutant, a mute man. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> he's a chud? He might be a chud. And oh. he is very in love with her. Right, Nadira. Th- this part I thought was a little bit odd. He's Amish, but he works in a nightclub, and he seems to be sleeping with his girlfriend. Yeah, I like. Uh, there's. See, I don't. We don't get the backstory of like no. why he's not part of. I mean, maybe he felt betrayed by his mother because of the actions in the beginning. Like her right. deciding that. I mean, the doctors are like, we can do this surgery and, and he'll be able he'll to be speak. Okay, but if you yeah. don't do this surgery, there's a chance he'll never speak again and and that stuff. Because we don't. After the beginning part, we don't get much God talk, religion talk, or anything like that. It, mm-hmm. It's almost like he's he's left that society behind but you know he holds on to some things just because mm-hmm. that's how that's he how he raised. is yeah yeah possibly babe <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> you guys are two surgeons working for the mob yeah yes, what's going on now <laughs> yeah oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> i got you babe <laughs> Wait, Cher and Sonny and Cher were both also surgeons. It's oh, all coming together. It is coming together now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> not, not a big fan of Hawaiian shirts, but Paul Rudd's shirt in this movie rocked pretty hard. His dash was out of this world. I like that that shirt he had. He he had kind of a crazy style in this movie, and. Okay, Alexander Skarsgård is wearing, like, full get-up of an yeah. Amish man. And he's looking a little bit like Lurch in some parts because he's a giant and he's wearing the suit with the neck buttoned all the way up and stuff. He is a giant. It's not His character is not a giant. Yeah. Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> just happens to be taller than everybody. He's kind of <laughs> hunched over most of the movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a part in the movie where there is a, a huge guy, like big old muscles guy, 
and kind of he like <laughs> he picks up Alex Skarsgård and and throws him, but he that, that Skarsgård lands on his feet because he's so tall. <laughs> it's like you can't you can't really. It, you know? <laughs> it looked like a special effect or something. Yeah. It's like, wait, how does a person that big get thrown? <laughs> <laughs> that, that bouncer guy looked like Ray Harryhausen if he was a bouncer. Yeah, like, when I saw him, I was like <laughs> Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> yeah, dude, he, the special effects guy. <laughs> no, not Ray Harryhausen. Um, thinking um uh no the the, the writer ray um <laughs> ray bradbury ray bradbury yeah what <laughs> he looks like ray bradbury if he lived here. i'm like I chuck palonic <laughs> not like chuck palonic i don't know what ray bradbury looks like ray bradbury had glasses just like that that's and a, pretty and a very funny. Fimil- similar uh face shape as well if he started juicing either <laughs> but if he started juicing that's what he looked like to me man oh so you see this guy playing chess at one point too so you know he's a smart guy yeah intelligent mm-hmm. absolutely you can be intelligent in a bouncer oh yeah i'm sure of it oh yeah it's like, uh, well, I don't know if there's, I was going to say some character from The Sopranos, but I don't know if there's like a character that's like, looks like that from The Sopranos. <laughs> it reminds me, oh, you know, I was thinking, that's funny. It reminds me of the character Monster from, um, oh, what is that comic book series I used to read? Um, Stray Bullets? Oh. Which, uh, nobody, who, who's going to get that reference? Anyways. Uh, yeah. Hey, thank you for referring to an obscure comic book. Joel. Yeah, you're welcome. My heart, my heart's a flutter. So the the story is he's trying to find out what happened in Dara because one one night she just shows up at his door and we don't really know what happened. Um, but she's like, "There's things I have to tell you, you know, all this stuff like that." And they're they're too busy making out for her to ever actually get to tell him what happens. But the next morning he wakes after we assume that they uh, consummated their love. Uh, Oh, <laughs> she's gone from the bed, and he goes to work. She's not there. They they worked at the same place, by the way, uh, with Mickey from uh, Doctor Who. No, he d- he doesn't work there. He's just a piece of crap customer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that sends him on a search trying to find her, and we you know it's him finding clues and and asking people you know the way he can, which is. He has to write or shows people pictures, and they're they're usually everybody's spitting in this poor guy's face. Basically, that's a little bit. Yeah, that makes it a little bit more interesting, though, that yeah. he can't just ask people questions the way a normal person would. He has to, and he and he is doing a pretty good job at using the information he has to get some information, but. Yeah, there's this weird thing going on where his girlfriend is missing. He knows that she had a secret she was going to tell him, but he doesn't know what it was. And... Was that secret diarrhea? Oh, wait, sorry. (laughs) She gave him a cell phone, which he doesn't really even know that much about because he hasn't really used much technology, but somebody has been sending sending him these weird... Yeah, like cryptic messages about that are her. supposed to be from her. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be from her, but it's weird. Yeah, he quickly realizes it can't be from her because of the way the messages are coming. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't, you know, it reveals who was sending the messages at the end of the movie. But on the second watch through we were doing, we were like, oh, like they show you pretty on 
who would have been doing this. When, right? when certain things might have happened. Yeah, and, at yeah. that point, you don't know much about the character, so you wouldn't know that this is necessarily something this jackass would have been That would have occurred <laughs> yeah. to them, yeah. It's... Yeah, and there are some things about this world that are pretty, like, raunchy and gross. Wait, and... are you talking about the robot stripper? Oh, yeah, the robot stripper or, and or the, the two mechanical the robot, robot sex, sex monsters. Ma- sex machines. <laughs> the super, super Riker sex bot 9000. Yep. <laughs> the, the, the robots that go, ow, 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 sorry. <laughs> ow. Well... If you're still listening, thank you. <laughs> and Dominic Monaghan is into it. Are you and talking did you, about did you our, like our that, uh, geisha? Did you like that Blade Runner throwback? Him dressed yeah. as the geisha? Yeah, thing? pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> geisha. Yeah, there's... It, it's kind of oh. intimated <laughs> that his girlfriend might have been a call girl. Right, yeah. He never really comes out and says that. Yeah, and she, like, he doesn't ever actually confirm it necessarily either, because everybody he asks, like, he goes he goes to the brothel, uh-huh. which is where most of the girls work out of, but he also figures out that this, this other character, um, I think his name is uh, Charlie, um, is also running girls on the side, and that's where he thinks that she ends up working, but everybody basically tells him, like, she never worked for us. Like, we don't know who that is and stuff like that, except for at the bar where she actually worked. And, you know, in a, in a twist, it turns out that her roommate, Luba, who, uh, we gotta, you gotta love the name Luba. Once again, an obscure comic reference there. Most Brothers Hernandez. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, I feel like it must have been kind of a nod to that. Like, it I, had I to don't be. know for a fact. It had to be. Uh, like that, he moonlights as a a woman using Nadira's name on occasion, and he's got a nice pair of boobs to go with it. What? Nobody? Huh? Oh, oh, oh! Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I I don't recall. No, you don't recall that part. I don't recall. <laughs> he shows it. That I mean, that's a pretty good part of like uh, clue finding because he in the beginning of the movie they get takeout. And it gets delivered, and she's like, "You don't mind eating this food again?" And, oh, it's just, it just comforts me. It's like comfort food. And he goes to the takeout thing and oh. realizes that uh, the home delivery must have been taking it to her. Like he doesn't know where oh, she lived. Okay. And so they like backtrack the address, and it turns out to be Luba's house because Luba and her live together. And that's where he finds out that the the photo he has that he thought was Nadira the whole time actually was of Luba. Using her name, so I mean, once again, Blade Runner. It's it's got noir type things going on. Yeah, it does. It has the companions that are like these weird futuristic versions of escorts, and it's got the like technology that you can kind of access from different places and spy on people in different ways or whatever and yeah. then yeah it's th- it's got a lot of stuff like blade runner but i feel like it's more um 
People are really mean to him. Yes. Like, practically everybody he encounters is mad at him. And they give him a hard time about not talking, about not using much technology. As a partial technophobe myself in this day and age, not to turn the point of view of this... um, you know, our, our podcast discussion and myself. Yeah, Aaron is the mute. I don't have a smartphone. Discord. I don't have a smartphone. You have a smartphone. It's just in the first grade. <laughs> uh, but people notice this a lot in public. Yeah. When I pop out my red hot cherry flip phone with Drug a Drug dealers keyboard. don't need fancy phones, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone calls me. Kruger Wireless. I haven't been but able to break, break, I haven't been able to break that mold yet, but it's okay. I'm sure if I just start wearing Hawaiian shirts, no, no, that won't work either. No, it won't work. No, I'll always be a drug dealer. Apparently, yes. Anyways, I I get I get called out a lot mm-hmm. on my little my little drug deal phone. So I can't compare that to a man who can't speak. <laughs> well, okay. but I I kind of feel the same way sometimes. They, everyone assumes he's dumb because he can't talk. Yeah. Also because he. He's an Amish person. He dresses like an Amish person. He doesn't deal with technology. They assume he's dumb. But they also have good reason to assume he might be weird because (laughs) a couple of the first scenes we see him in, he he starts to get super violent right away because he's defending his girlfriend. But he seriously is just like reaching over the counter and grabbing customers and stuff like that. Like, oh, is this guy to... Is he crazy or something like that? That's funny, too, because... I believe Amish people are pacifists. Pacifists? Well, there's a little movie called uh, Seven Psychopaths that, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. I thought you were going to say Sam Rockwell, right? (laughs) Speaking of of Sam Rockwell, (laughs) a movie called Witness. (laughs) A little movie called For Richer or Poorer. And uh, I'm running out of Amish movies here. Uh. <laughs> you guys ever met any Amish people? Can't say that I have. I met some Mennonites once. I don't know if I have. I've met Quakers. Cool. Quakers are more modern, though. Yeah. I met a Catholic once. Oh, dang. Is that different? Not Amish. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't get so you're gonna you can see why people might think they're this guy's trouble from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. he he's a strong, big person, and he if he decides he wants to hit somebody, there's some damage done. Oh, yeah. So, and he's he is defensive of his girlfriend. Um, I think he wants to try and protect her or save her or something, but she's definitely, she's a nice person and she loves him back, but it's like she has a lot of drama going on that he doesn't know about. Yeah. And like, when when it finally comes time to do that, like, th- this movie starts off with like, it's too late, he can't really do anything. And, mm-hmm. and the, the, you know, he's trying to solve this mystery. The, the whole time you're, you're thinking, like, maybe she is still alive. Maybe she's hidden away or something like that. And you're not really sure what's going on. Like, other people are talking about her yeah. in the movie that are not 
related to him. Like Paul Rudd and, and Justin Thoreau are, 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 you know, occasionally mentioning her. It's like, well, what is their relationship in the first place? Like, what's going on there? Like, is there yet anything? But there, there's so much other things going on that you just kind of forget about it until yeah. the reveal at the end. Yeah, you you feel like she must know a lot of different people and move in different circles. And you feel like all of these people treat him with such disdain that you almost see them all as people that could have done something to her or could have, you know, helped her get someplace if she was going somewhere or know what her secrets are or something. Mm. Um... But his his attitude is to inquire about stuff, but also be, like, quiet and kind of process things. And I know that sounds funny because he's mute, but it's also, it's the character, it's it's well done. He acts, yes. he acts it out really well. It does create some very interesting interaction with other characters, him being mute. Mm-hmm. Like when the little girl... In the restaurant, he's just drawing that bear. Uh-huh. And uh, so he turns around and he's just like, oh. Starts drawing a little bear. And then the, uh, I don't even know what you want to call him, the gangster. The late ladies, man. Weirdo dude. Yeah. yeah. Just starts getting really upset. Right. And he, like, when they are having, they have a conversation, but, like, it's it's funny the, the way that, uh, like, I've heard that. A good way to get people to talk about things like in an interview or something like that uh, is to leave empty air for them to, to fill it in because it's a it's a natural reaction to if somebody's not saying something that somebody will want to fill the air. Yes. And so they'll like continue talking about uh, what, whatever subject you're talking about. So there are a lot of times in the movie where people will just start filling in details while he's writing down what he actually wants, but they're like pertinent, and and they come out. They there's it doesn't feel unnatural the way it right right like these people are used to getting their way, and they're they're not used to having to explain themselves. But with a, a person they are afraid is going to hurt them or, or whatever, they they might be revealing too much about themselves because they think either uh, th- this guy can't touch me or he's going to hurt me. Either way, like. I'm I'm going to tell something. So uh, it, it ends up working out in the movie <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. Excellent. One of the main details of his character is that he, Alexander Skarsgård, Leo, um, works with wood. And he has like a little studio that he's been carving wood in. And he at some point ends up using one of the bedposts that he was carving as a weapon that he starts taking with him when he starts to encounter crazier situations as he's looking for her. It basically starts to get a little bit complicated at some point because he's gone to a few different places looking for her and everybody's been really mean. (laughs) And, uh... The more you find out about the characters, the more you're kind of wondering how it's all going to come about. And I honestly thought that that she was still alive and that... Yeah. Yeah. Big spoiler for this movie. 
you find out at some point that she is not still alive. And um, they... How did they reveal the daughter situation? Is that is that when he finds her mom? Yes. He, yeah. he, when he breaks into the apartment that she shared with Luba, on their phone list, there's only a couple of different phone numbers. One of them's unknown, but one of them is mother. And he, like, backtraces that and then goes and sees it's her. her. It ends up being... Doesn't he use Madeira's that, that drone? That drone thing? Yeah, he follow he follows in the car. I forgot about that. Follow <laughs> the drone. Follow yeah. the drone. Mm-hmm. Fast food drone. And Delivery for mother. <laughs> and uh, then he starts to find out more. There's a lot of like language barriers in the movie, and it's not just him not being able to speak. It's that people speak different languages from each other. I think right. that. All it's, takes place in Berlin, so there's a lot of German going on. Yeah, there's German, and then there's whatever language her mom speaks. I thought that was also German. Oh, I didn't notice. It might not have been, because he didn't... I think he understands German. He didn't seem to understand what she was saying. No, she was gesturing with her hands. Yeah. And she was like, My baby! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And then you find out that she has a child. Nadira had a child. And then pieces start to come together. It's, you know, this whole time uh, in the movie, Paul Rudd is, wants to go home and he's waiting for him to make his fake ID for him and his daughter. And you, you don't really think much about it. But then, you know, you find out that his daughter is her daughter. So that's their kid together. And uh, putting it, it's it's spelled out in a way that like we know that Paul Rudd is the one who killed her. Although it, I think that part is kind of clumsy, like the reveal, because they they just kind of all toss back a flashback of him, like uh, shown from uh, Nadira's point of view of him, like like telling her, like you're not gonna take my kid away from me, and you really need to learn to keep your mouth shut or something like that. And you don't, once again, you don't know if she's dead or not. You see it kind of like from a plastic bag point of view. But it's, um, it, it all just kind of flashes in at once. And you don't know if he's realizing it or if he's just imagining that this happens. It turns out that that, that was the case that Paul Reddy is actually an evil piece of crap. Yeah. He lost his temper because he wanted to leave and he was going to take their daughter with him to back to the US but she did not want him to do that she wanted to keep her is is at least that's from context what we get because that is not exactly spelled out oh uh, yes but at that point like when when he's revealed to be like the evil person we don't think of him as the evil person in this movie though because his friend <laughs> there out of all the characters that are just so nefarious in this movie, it's, like, <laughs> it's just so gradual, you know, like, which one, which one's the best? Who's worse? Who's worse? I don't know. Oh, but that ending. I thought it was going to end on, like, the worst sour note of all time, and that was, like, maybe that's why everybody hated it. Turned out that's not how it ended, but I almost would have been like, huh. Well, that was a brave choice to do, you know, like, yeah, kind of like, oh, yeah, I approve of that, even though I, I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. 
I will watch it. I mean, we are watching it again right now because the uh, <laughs> after he kills Paul Rudd, because of course he does. Yeah. Well, yeah, he finds out. We find out not until he does that her body is like in the corner of this basement where they've been doing the surgeries. There are two doctors that have been doing surgeries. Um, in this basement, and, um, she's just, like, back in the corner, like, in a bag, like, like Twin Peaks, like he just, in the river. like, yeah. he just, uh, still fr- fish in the percolator, though, and he comes down the <laughs> stairs talking to him, like, maybe there's a way he's okay or something, it's really strange, yeah, but that turn of Paul Rudd's character is so crazy because you do not see it coming. And that's a major, major spoiler in this movie. I can't remember the line. There was a line that uh, Paul Rudd's character said right before he finds before he finds her, and it made me laugh like so hard. I'll have to rewatch yeah. the movie. But that was that was a moment that surprised me too, that Paul Rudd was gonna Paul Rudd's character threw that zinger right yeah. I know I know the, the part that made me laugh at that yeah. part was he picks up because because Alex, Alexander Skarsgård has been using this bedpost he was carving. Oh, his yeah. Blood. And Alexander and uh, Paul Rudd picks it up. And he's like, did you carve this? Can you carve me a bookcase? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I think yeah. that might have been line. It was very funny. And then it was like tragedy from there on. Yep. And then he, yeah, ends Be- up killing him. Because but- it's, it's so messed up. You can't yeah. help but think the most messed up thing is going to happen. Because Justin Thoreau has been revealed to be a, a terrible, gross pervert. Like, he's putting cameras into his waiting rooms. and he Where ba- children yes, change exactly. and stuff. And you're like, wow, this guy is terrible, and Paul Rudd has confronted him about it. At the at that point in time, you think Paul Rudd is kind of an alright guy who's trying yeah. to get him on the right path, and he, like, slaps him in the face a bunch of times, and he's Friends like, life. no, he's like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna die if you ever do anything like this again, and I'm gonna know. And then as soon as Paul Rudd's character gets killed... Well, he get like he's dying. He's he's yeah. bleeding out. But Justin Thoreau ha- is a doctor. He's a surgeon. Uh-huh. He has a chance to save him, and he just looks. He looks at him and goes, "You should have been nicer to me." It's so cold. He's like, "Nah, yeah. babe. The police would come and stuff." Like, yeah, no. And then he he's he's got a camera view on his daughter's room where he's he's locked her. Oh, and. And Justin Thoreau points the monitor towards the dying Paul Rudd so that he can see, see Justin Thoreau go up to that room creepily and take, his take the daughter. And you're like, oh my God, is Alex Can- Alexander Skarsgård going to save him? No, because because he's walked out into the middle of a forest holding the dead body. the body. He doesn't even know the little girl's there. Yeah. Like, oh my God, is this the end of the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think I even said out loud while we were watching it. I was like, oh, I see why people hated this yeah. movie. <laughs> I was like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Because at that point, I was pretty mad at the movie. It's dark. So I Alex- was mad. Alexander Skarsgård is having like his own moment, like realizing, processing that his girlfriend that he loved is dead. And Justin Thoreau is mad at him for having stabbed him or something. And he takes him. To a surgery and gives him like an electrolarynx, like so that he can talk. 
Yeah, he he installs he, he installs puts, that robot box voice in his right. his throat. He, he he keeps saying like, "I want you to apologize for killing my friend." Basically, like it's your fault that Paul Rudd is dead, even though I could have saved him. I did. You know, he's he's a huge asshole hypocrite. Yeah. But he like literally is like I I'm an expert like I'm so good at this I'm going to repair your I'm vocal just gonna cords throw in a vocal just cord. to hear you apologize before I kill you anyways so it's like he he goes from <laughs> he goes from the <laughs> we know he is to not the villain to the ultimate villain <laughs> yeah pretty much and it's like oh god but I think that even though. Like, we're doubling down on the darkness there. Like, I think it ends up working, especially the way the the, end, the movie ends. Yeah, I think partially because he's had surgery, he's Alexander Skarsgård's out of it. And partially because he's just so upset that he, like, doesn't want to try. But it, Justin Thoreau throws the little girl and him... The daughter is like what seven or something? Yeah, like super, super young. And she she's mute for some reason too. I don't kind I don't know of, if they yeah. actually explain. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's trauma related. Like, yeah, considering her life. Yeah, but he throws them in the car and they go on this road trip to like a place that's more full of nature outside of the city we've been in, and yeah, and he's for some reason still trying to get him to oh yeah that's right he takes him out to try and show him where the picture of his girlfriend was taken the one he's been flashing to everybody yeah. to show yeah yeah i mean do you guys what you were saying that you there you had problems with part of the movies that like do you is it something we haven't covered i think the violence was a little extreme in some parts mm-hmm and I think that, like, Paul Rudd's death was pretty gross. They just leave that there for a few minutes. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, I didn't like the stuff with, like, the kids and, like, the stuff where he's, like, being really gross. I think the surgery stuff. I'd, I've never been one of those people who's like, yeah, show me a surgery. <laughs> no, my day is always complete when I can see <laughs> just a massive surgery going on. Yeah. Oh, a tonsillectomy? Yeah, oh, sign yeah. me up. Let's get that camera up in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I, mean, I, I, get, I get, like, super nervous around yeah. any surgery yeah. stuff just to begin with. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's graphic, but Excuse I, me, I, I, I jump out the window. Don't think it takes away from. <laughs> I don't think any of that stuff necessarily takes away from the movie. Like it's it's part of the the dark nature of the world that they're in. Yeah, honestly, but I understand like why. Uh, you know, uh, watcher beware! It is a strong R. Yeah, surprisingly, not much sex for a movie with a lot of prostitution and stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. Just, um, just robots. <laughs> okay. See, that was the grossest part for me. The the robot stripper thing. I was like, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to C-3PO doing whatever he's doing up there on stage. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that felt like a 
a uh, a wink towards like heavy metal magazine or something like that or or like 2000 AD. Yeah. Did you have anything that you thought was off about the movie at all? I mean, other other than things that you know are, we we well, naturally I'll, think are gross. Yeah, I think other than the things that were naturally gross about this movie, which are all up in your face, things you have to deal with in this crazy ass Berlin we're going through. No, I think I think I think it uh, it served its purpose as well. Um, uh, the movie does a really good job of making sure that you really like uh, Skarsgård's character. Seems like a pretty d- cool dude and. Pretty messed up world, working on working on all his carvings and swimming, swimming, lots of swimming, holding that breath, holding that breath for sure. Drinking I, that ice cold water straight out of the tap—that's risky. I think that there might. I'm a person who looks for hidden meanings and things anyway, but maybe there are hidden meanings in the movie that. I haven't, I'm not smart enough to understand. Honestly, I might need more time just to unpack it, unfortunately. Yeah. This I, podcast, but um, that's what I meant. I've thought of a few different things based on like the names of the characters and what the meanings are of their names. And then I kind of wondered about like if David Bowie might have been an influence on it in some way, if there may have been some connection through his experience as having David Bowie as his dad, that he was telling a story of this, like, kind of character that doesn't fit into the rest of the world or something. I don't know. Interesting. And then I kind of wondered about, like, Tolstoy, because he was, like, getting back to, like, pacifism and the natural world and everything and I I don't think that was actually a thing but I I thought about a lot of different things and there may be puzzles in this movie that I haven't yet figured out yet but either way I feel like it would reward rewatching absolutely and it is experience it for me if something is thought-provoking sometimes that's enough if it's not Mm -hmm. if it's not a terrible thing to think about and this movie left with some positive feelings at the end, so... I was very thankful for that. Too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, if it didn't have that 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 nice ending, it, it would have been like, uh, yeah. No, I think... I was more forgiving of, of the events that occurred because of that ending. Yeah. Absolutely. The nice ending is... That the little girl does not have to live with Justin Thoreau for the rest of her life. Because he's Thank dead. God. Um... Uh, Leo ends up coming back to reality for long enough that when Justin Thoreau tries to throw him off a bridge, he holds on to Justin Thoreau and he drowns because Leo's really good at swimming and holding his breath because of his accident. He's, yeah, conditioned to deal with being underwater. Right, he's like, I don't... if. The accident stems from his or, or his desire to swim underwater the way he does. Like because we see him like going back and forth underneath the pool for a long time without coming up for air and stuff like that. And he, he does this thing with where he holds his breath while drinking water, and it's like um, uh, like I we don't necessarily know the root of it, but it it, it does pay off at least. 
not not just like a, a weird character quirk. Same thing with the wood carving thing. Like uh, he was uh, making beads for Nadira at some point, and that also pays off. You're not really expecting it to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. I liked it, it a lot. I liked it. I liked that he was a kind person in this like kind of world. Yeah. And that um it's sad in some parts, but it's actually kind of uplifting because of the relationship. You can tell that even though he's not close with the daughter, that she trusts him and that he helps her and that he's going to get her with her grandmother, which is, it ends up being a positive at the Absolutely. end. Even though you know a lot of these characters, you don't know what their life is going to be like now, but his, you feel like he'll, he he's probably going to be all right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. Um, yeah. I feel like I may have missed some things, but um, we enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I think we've got we covered it pretty well. Like I, even though, even though we're in the spoiler section, I didn't want to talk about every every single oh, detail of yeah. it because I want to, yeah, I want it to be fun for viewers. Experience listeners. it. Tell us what you think. Write in. You know, like we want to hear. If you have any thoughts, if you think we're incredibly wrong, uh, write it down on a piece of paper and put it in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson that you learned from Mute. Makes me want to rewatch Moon again. Yeah. Yeah, same here. And then rewatch this and then rewatch Warcraft. Wait, I haven't seen that. I said, oh man, I've seen it a couple times now. What do you mean a couple times? Warcraft? Why'd you watch it more than once? Once was disbelief. Okay. The other time was to confirm the disbelief. Okay. You got a fever. Confirmed. And the only cure <laughs> is more Warcraft. All right. Uh, if you want to write into <laughs> any suggestions uh, for a good uh, psychiatric hospital. Uh, <laughs> Or or just a movie to watch instead oh, of Warcraft. Yeah, sure. Uh, please don't <laughs> podcast at gmail.com, facebook.com, slash bdsmios. If you have a few bucks you want to send our way, we'd appreciate it. We can go to our coffee site, ko-fi.com, slash pdsmios. Links are in the show notes, as usual. Uh, thanks to David DeRoy for our theme music, to Jed Dowtry for our podcast logo, to uh, Scott and to Spencer. And to Kim for being our cool buddies on the internet. Thank you, guys. And to everyone else that is listening, we appreciate it. We salute you. Mm-hmm. And Thanks, guys. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Adam. We're still scarred by Star Crystal. Uh, <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Adam. Thanks thank for you. thanks for coming to my Thursday night Dungeons and Dragons game too. You rule. Crystal of the stars. Okay, sorry. Uh, do you guys have a lesson <laughs> that you learned from mute? It might be a tough one because there's there's a lot to unpack. Oh, there's so many lessons, dude. Well, hit me with something right off the you know, boom. Let's I mean, go. just be a good person. That's not a lesson. Yeah, that's a lesson from this movie. Just I mean, be a good person in the world. That good person gets punched in the face. He gets surgery. He didn't request. 
Yeah, be a good person. Oh, man. He's a good person. I'm going to remove his wisdom teeth. That's what happened to me. I know. Poor Joel. Yeah. Still paying for that. I've been complaining on this podcast for like three <laughs> episodes in a row. That's right. I'm a wuss, I guess. I no, don't, know. don't feel bad. It's intense, dude. It's intense. Yeah. I requested they put them back in. That's how bad it was. Oh, I hope you're feeling a little better at least. No, I feel... I, I'm almost completely fixed. Good. Because I got someone else's teeth. Sarah, do you have a listen? Mm. Lesson. It's good to have a hobby. <laughs> what kind of hobby? I don't know, like woodworking. Oh, yeah. Painting or... Mm-hmm. Drawing? Just doing something with your hands so that you can... Stripping? Can kind of deal with the world's craziness. Um, I guess the big lesson is you should, if you feel you need to tell someone something, you should probably tell them. But what if you're mute? Uh, write it down on a piece of paper. And throw it in the trash. See, we all learned something today. No, uh, <laughs> Aaron, do you have another lesson or are you going to stick with that? Uh, uh, well, I just... I was just thinking about the world he lived in. That Berlin was pretty scary. Yeah. That's why I was saying be a good person. Okay. Be, be a difference in the world. That's what I was trying to get at. Be the change you want to see. I guess so. Like that Amish guy. Well, if I had to, if I had to pick one lesson that I had to single out from this movie, I think it would be that everyone needs to practice holding their breath underwater for a long time. Because you know what? Someday it's going to come in handy. Yeah. Also, watch out for motor- motorboats. Oh, yeah. That's a good That's lesson. That's a good lesson. None of this would have happened if he had just been looking out for those motorboats. That's um, true. It never hurts to have a notepad. That's another one. Oh, that's actually good. That's a good one. Yeah. Because I like it, that lesson. Because if Nadira had her own notepad, he wouldn't have been able to find out that secret address, and he would... Paul Rudd would have gotten away with the mer- Wait a minute. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, product product placement. Uh, look up a, a website called Sketch Wallet. They have a really cool little wallet option with a sketchbook inside of it. I'm the I'm a fan of the soft cover moleskin that has no lines inside or nice. dots. It's just blank pages. And I like a steno pad. I don't know why. I just like steno pads for some reason. Well, I mean, if it if it does it for you, Joel, that's all that matters. Yeah, you also do it for me, listener. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, was that too weird? Is no, that, no, I, I was just processing it. Still, you pro- okay? Wow. <laughs> Why? I mean, why though? Sometimes, sometimes that's just how it is.
Sometimes when we touch. Did they sing that song too? Oh, Joel. Oh. Well, I'm just, I don't, I'm not clear on what they did and what they didn't do, so it's not my, not my it's fault. It's not even, like, a rock and roll song, I think, Joel. Neon is too much. It's a different genre. <laughs> I have to music. close my eyes and cry. Is that what they say? I have to close my eyes and cry? I think it says hide. <laughs> oh, and hide, okay. And then he says he wants... I want to hold, hold you till I die. Which, that's terrible. Can we not? both break down and cry. Okay, until okay. we both break down and cry. Until the fear in me subsides. Like, until I die? Well, that's, yeah, that's I don't know if I want to hold somebody till they die. Not, not, until they, not until they die. It's until, oh, until you, you die. die. <laughs> like, like a growth. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to go take a shower or go to work or something? You're just going <laughs> to cling to them? Yeah. <laughs> it's like so a it's, parasite. It, the, he wants to hide. He wants to die. He wants to cry, and he wants fear to subside. Yeah, he, mm. I, there's there's a couple more rhymes. He, he could have pied. He could have lied. Could do to <laughs> I want to hold yeah. you till I lie. <laughs> <laughs> hold on till the dude abides. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. I uh, don't the, uh, like that song. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a revolting cheese fest. I was about to serenade you. <laughs> well, I like to join it. I'm just, just I'm I was, you know, your song is more like burn, baby, burn. 